0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Text for our meditation this morning is our gospel reading, which was read for you earlier. Recently, I asked some teenagers what they think the phrase, you are blessed, means. So they came up with different responses, like a person is really blessed when they have a lot of things. In fact, they have more things than what they need. That, that's really what it means to be blessed. So I went on then to ask some adults. And I asked them the very same thing. And they basically said, yeah, it's when you have more than you really need. And so I said, is it more things than what a person needs? That's really what it means to be blessed? And they said, well, no, it's even more than that. It's about relationships that you have. It's about family, it's about friends, it's about those types of things as well when one talks about being blessed. And I thought that was rather interesting to hear their responses, so I'm just kind of curious what you think it means to be blessed. Now rather than giving you an opportunity to give me all of your feedback, I'll just kind of continue on by telling you what the Bible says. About what it means to be blessed. Because there's an even greater emphasis and definition, something that literally lasts for eternity. So, our theme for today is You Are Blessed Because. Now, this is a different translation than most of the Bibles you have for Matthew chapter 5 this Sermon on the Mount. Normally, the translation begins something like, blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Well, Dr. Jeffrey Gibbs, who's one of the professors at Concordia Seminary, somebody I was able to take a a workshop from for a couple of different days as he talked about Matthew and shared with us this information. And now he's put it into a commentary series so it's even better. And this translation that we had today for the gospel reading is what he put in his commentary now the reason why he translates it this way is because he helps us to understand a little bit more about sentence structure and i don't want to really get into a whole lot of sentence structure because that's really not so much the importance for us to understand but i'll simply say that this word blessed okay in terms of is a predicate And in the Greek language, this is a fun word for us to know, it's makarioi. And that's what appears first in our Greek New Testament. So the translations that say blessed are, are actually rather correct. Because it is in what we refer to as the emphatic first position. The first word that they want us to emphasize is the one that's used first. But in English... We don't usually do it this way because the word, the predicate in a sentence structure is actually something that tells us what the subject is, but it's actually part of the verb. So when we think about the words that we find in our text, as in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, you find the poor in spirit are blessed because the reign of heaven is is theirs now the rest of matthew's gospel this section that we read today has the word blessed used a total of nine times it occurs pretty much in each one of these verses and this is what jesus taught on the sermon in the sermon on the mount on the sea of galilee the people had gathered together to listen to him Because they knew that he was a wonderful teacher. And he had some awesome things to share with them. And so, Jesus wanted them to know that they were special. And that's why he said all of this about people who are blessed. Now, if you want to go into great detail, we're going to look at this. This is a quick summary of what we're going to look at. There are two groups of four blessings. That are written in what we refer to as the third person plural you know that by the simple ending of they as well as simply the people the very last one though is going to be in the second person plural which has to deal when it uses the word you this is kind of fun little structure of english for you to know now Take a look real quickly. This shows you the bracket, basically, that we're going to look at today in our text. Both of them state, and you can pull out your Bible, your bulletin, and look this up as well. The reign of heaven is theirs is found in verses 3 and 10, which means it's right now. We've got it right now. But all the other ones use the word will. In other words, it's future. Okay? It will happen. So, the reign of heaven, the rule of heaven is theirs. And if you are a person who is poor in spirit, you are ruling in heaven right now. Because God's heaven, his presence is with us right now. Now, let's take a look at it. The poor in spirit are blessed because the reign of heaven is theirs. Now, the question for us oftentimes is, well, who are the poor in spirit? Well, Dr. Gibbs tells us that this phrase describes every single human being. You, me, everybody out there are poor in spirit, whether we recognize that we are poor in spirit or not. Why? Every human being needs a savior, right? Every single one of us. Now, he also then connects us in chapter 5. All these beatitudes, for the most part, are connected with Matthew chapter 11. Okay, so what's in Matthew chapter 11? In Matthew chapter 11, we have John the baptizer's in prison. Herod had had enough of John, and he put him in prison, and John's disciples were there visiting him, and they were talking to him, and John said, will you guys go and talk to Jesus? You know, I went out and I proclaimed that the Messiah was coming. And he's my cousin. But I'm really not sure he's the one because of what's going on. So will you go and ask him questions for me? The question John asked, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus said to them, go and tell John, what you see and hear." And one of the things that he ended up telling them, most of all, is that he was ministering and caring for the people's spiritual needs. Because the spiritual needs are really the needs that people have. Yes, he was ministering to the physical needs. The sight, the, the blind were receiving sight and the deaf were able to hear. But he was also meeting the needs of the poor in spirit. Why? Because they have the good news preached to them. And isn't that what is most important to the poor in spirit? Isn't that what you and I need to hear when we are feeling down in the dumps? That we are indeed blessed. The good news of Jesus Christ and God's presence in our lives is what we need to hear when we're feeling down, when we're afraid. Because God is much greater than any of our needs or our fears. And what's interesting for us is how God comes in our presence. You and I are reigning and ruling with Christ right now because the reign of heaven is ours. God is here in our midst. He has given us these sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper where he comes Invisible means to give us the forgiveness of sins. He gives us that word of God that we can read and learn and memorize and inwardly place into our lives so that we know that God is here in our lives. And because we are baptized in his name, we are literally ruling or reigning with Christ right now. Because this reign of heaven is ours. That's what he says Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the reign of heaven. You and I don't have to wait until we die to get to heaven, in a matter of speaking. That's why Jesus said we already have this reign of heaven, and it is ours right now. So what does the world look like when they think of the reign of Jesus? They don't want to have anything to do with him. They want to take care of all of their toys. They want to think that what's important for them is most important. And they don't want to really even think about Jesus until they have needs. And those are oftentimes opportunities for you and me to share with them that we believe in a God who is there to help them, a God who came into this world to love them and to care for them and to die for them. Well, the rest of the scripture reading for today is really all about what God does for us and what we have and will be blessed to receive. Jesus said in verse 4, the people who are mourning are blessed because they will be comforted. Now, when you hear the word mourning, What do you think of? I can tell you what I normally think of. I normally think of the caustics yesterday. They were mourning the death of their loved one. Most of the time when we think about mourning, we're thinking about mourning the death of someone. That's a normal response. But Dr. Gibbs helps us to understand that Jesus was actually more than likely talking about something different. He encourages us to connect those who mourn with what we just heard in the previous verse, those who are poor in spirit. It's normal, in fact, according to Dr. Gibbs, to have all of Jesus' disciples realize that we will struggle in this lifetime with trying to be right with God Until that day when Christ comes again in glory. And because of that, we mourn over the fact that we are sinners. And we fall short of doing what God would have us do. It is a grieving part that we experience because we would rather get better, right? We would rather not have to feel guilty. We would rather not have to confess our sins to God. We'd rather be perfect, but it's not going to happen. Not in this lifetime. Not until Jesus comes again in glory. And that's why we mourn. And it's because we live in what is called the now but not yet. Right now, right now in this lifetime, because when we are baptized in Jesus' name, if you will, we have one foot in heaven, but we got to wait till we died before we get the other in heaven. Right now you have the forgiveness of sins. Right now you have the promise of an eternal life. Right now you know that God is here and he's greater and more powerful than any of your fears, than any of your doubts, than any of the difficulties that you are facing right now. God says, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter what you are experiencing God is here. That's His promise. Do you claim it? Do you believe it? We are forgiven. We are blessed. Going on in verse 5, Dr. Gibbs translates, the lowly are blessed because they will inherit the earth. He points out for us that the lowly are actually in the same needy condition as the poor in spirit. Some of the translations will use the word meek in place of lowly. And really what it refers to are the people who are in this same condition. The people who are poor in spirit. He then connects to verse 5 and he says, Those who are lowly will also be hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They realize through faith that they can't get the righteousness on their own. God has to give it to them, right? We know we can't be righteous on our own. That's why God has to give it to us. That's why we hunger and we thirst for this righteousness. We've got it, and we don't always believe it. Then we go on further. Verses 7 to 10 is made up of two pairs that are connected. Dr. Gibbs points out that those who in their lives show themselves to be merciful are able to do that because they are pure in heart. And then we should not be surprised that verses 9 and 10 go together. Those who are peacemakers will often be persecuted because of their righteousness. Sadly, many people in our world would rather struggle in their lives rather than receive this peace that Jesus Christ has come to give them. Last verses, 11 and 12, have a different emphasis as I shared earlier. This one has the words you instead of those this was intentional Jesus in fact wants us to know that you are indeed blessed whenever people insult you and persecute you and by lying say all sorts of different kinds of evil against you because of him you and I are in good company Read your Old Testament, read your New Testament, and you will see that they persecuted those people too because of God. These Beatitudes are not written simply to show us how we are to live. The Beatitudes are written to tell us who we are and whose we are. We are children of God because we are baptized into His name. There's another reason why Jesus has taught this particular sermon to his disciples. If you will, Jesus was the Beatitudes. He is the poor in spirit. He is the one who mourns the sinful condition of this world. He is the lowly, humble, Jesus of Nazareth, God's son who took on human flesh. He is the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for only he is able to fulfill our righteousness as our substitute so that we can be blessed. He is the merciful one, for only by God's mercy can sins be forgiven and conquered. He is the pure in heart, who is holy, perfect, and without blemish. He is the peacemaker who brings peace with God. He is the persecuted one. Persecution and ultimately death took Jesus to the cross where he was despised, forsaken, and mocked so that you and I could be blessed. Blessed because we are forgiven sinners for whom Christ has died. And so it is at the cross Yes, that old ugly cross that killed the Lord is actually the beginning of the Beatitudes and our blessed life. So rising out of the tomb, we hear the rejoicing that the victory is ours. Because our Lord reigns, because he rules, you and I too rule with him. Amen.